I'm Jody Weitz, Results and Success Coach, and these podcasts teach you how to make significant changes to live your dreams, make a positive impact on the world, and drop your regrets. It's time for you to get spectacular. Welcome back to Your Spectacular Life. I'm Jody White, your life and professional coach, getting you to have a spectacular life. I'm so pleased to announce my guest, Robert White. Hi, Robert. Hello, Jody. Great to be with you. Great to talk to you. Let me tell you a little bit about Robert. With over 1.3 million graduates from high-impact experiential trainings in companies he's founded and led, Robert White has been there and done that. He's lived and worked abroad in Japan, Hong Kong, mainland China, a total of 21 years. He's a mentor to executives, serial entrepreneurs, trainer of thousands, author of a best-selling, of a bestseller and public speaker. Robert knows from direct experience how people go after big goals, how they get how they get stopped and how they get and how they win. His experience includes helping people break through self and other imposed barriers to success. Great, Robert. Wow, what a what an interesting background. I can't wait to hear your story. Now, obviously, you weren't always at the top and still at the top of your game. So I'd love to hear about your journey and the highlights and um, how you eventually got to the top of your game. Oh, well, Jody, it's been my experience in working with clients and observing my own journey that quite a few successful people had rough beginnings and had uh, hit some potholes on the road to success. And uh, I'm certainly one of them. I did grow up in poverty and abuse. Uh, I left home at, uh, at 15 years old uh, because of that. Uh, and um, uh, and, you know, I've also had a major business failure in my life. So very public and very embarrassing and very expensive. So I, those are kind of the rougher things. I think probably for your viewers and for the, and it's also true for my family and in my life and my clients is what I learned from all of that. And, uh, you know, I still have a ton of weaknesses or problems or whatever you want to call it. I'm not very disciplined. <laughs> struggle with my weight uh uh you know the list goes on and on well but, uh, robert we we all do so you're <laughs> not alone in that corner you haven't reached nirvana yet um uh, and we all have much to learn but um i'd love to hear about um again what you have learned and you know how you how you started out and how you flipped things around or how you just kept going on the journey you know, my story is a little too long, I think. And so I'll skip forward to being uh, 27 years old. I uh, was struggling with a small sales business. By that time, I had married and divorced and felt guilty about it. 
I had failed in business and uh, I had been given a, uh, a terminal health diagnosis that I would not live past 35. And all of that added up to being a mess. And a dear friend of mine uh, enrolled me in one of the early human potential movement seminars, something called Mind Dynamics, no longer in business. And uh, it sounds like a cliche, you know, all of these years later, but it changed my life uh, for the better. Uh, uh, what, really... you, what were what were like some of the big aha moments that you got from that seminar? Uh, probably the biggest one was really reconnecting me to, to the notion of personal responsibility, that I was not a victim, that all of the things that happened to me actually, uh, that there was a way to respond to them that demonstrated accountability. And that was the first. The second was that in my daily behavior, based on abuse and a lot of things, I was driving away the very people that I needed to be successful in marriage or in my family or in business. And uh, the, the way that I express it is kind of graphic and that, and people would say, well, did you went to the seminar and then it all cleared up. And the answer to that is no. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> you mean you had more work to do after that? I did. I had to wake <laughs> up further. But the way that it showed up was that I would, st I was still the critical jerk that I had always been. <laughs> but I started actually, and this sounds crazy, but I started seeing the words leave my mouth in slow motion and explode on the other person like a missile. Wow. And wow. it was just an incredible wake up call. And the, then the next step was that it's not that I didn't think, I still thought the critical part, and I still almost said it. It was like, um, like I caught the words <laughs> in my mouth, so uncomfortable. Uh, and over time, it finally got to the point where I did some healing work that helped me find out where that uh, critical nature came from and the, how it was hurting me and how I just needed to stop it. I need to let go of it. So the year after attending Mind Dynamics, I tripled my income. In my wow, life. well, that, that's a, certainly a positive feedback of yes. change behavior equals triple income. Yes. And by the way, just, just going back, you know, and I know that it takes time. I know it takes awareness to think about what you're saying and to stop it and to potentially build up that inner self. So you, you recognize those voices, you know, can be changed. How did you do that? Well, most of it was from noticing. I later named my company ARC, A-R-C, and the A stands for awareness, and the R, responsibility, and the C, communication. I just woke up. I started noticing the impact of my behavior, my words, uh, my thinking, my speaking on other people primarily, and also self-talk that was self-defeating. Uh, so it was a process of just of waking up, of becoming more aware. Uh, you know, I, uh, I have a program that I'm very proud of, actually, published by a company called Nightingale Kona. And uh, all those years ago, right after I did the Mind Dynamics training, I bought Earl Nightingale's program called Lead the Field. You know, it's amazing in working with executives, the number of them that tell me they also bought that program and they also listened to it repeatedly. I can quote from it today. 
So in addition to the wake up, I also filled myself with positive life affirming reinforcement and uh, some combination of all of that and also getting some early success. You yeah. know, that, that's tremendously powerful. But that yeah. income went up 10 times the, in the second year. So I had a lot of evidence. And because of that, people started asking me how I did it. And I would say, go to Mind Dynamics. I didn't understand the training. I didn't know where it came from. I didn't know who owned it. I knew nothing about it. And I enrolled about 400 people in Mind Dynamics over a, about a th three year period. Mm. And one day my phone rang and it was the founder of Mind Dynamics. <laughs> name, wow. I, didn't, I didn't even know. I had to be introduced to him by him, which was embarrassing. And, uh, you know. Well, you were busy with other things, and <laughs> um, you know, just, you. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't important to me. I, right. What I discovered is that when people did that training, my life got better. Particularly when I sent my salespeople, they sold more, and nothing in the training was about sales. It was all about the person and clearing away the past telling the truth more often about your current reality and really coming from a powerful vision. And uh, so that worked for me in, at many levels. So um, he called me, he invited me to California. I was by that time living in New York City, uh, my first time to get a first class air ticket. Uh, I went out there, uh, chatted with him and 10 days later, I was president of Mind Dynamics. Oh my goodness. <laughs> what a great story. Well, from what I'm hearing is, is you really worked at, at changing your behavior. I mean, yes. changing your thoughts, your inner voices that weren't servicing you. And you essentially made people like you. You we're very likable um, because you can't really lead a sales team, a business without that happening, without driving folks away. And, uh, you know, that uh, that this president gave, gave you the presidency says a lot about how you changed. So um, you were the president of this company. And then what happened? Well, for four years, I uh, for the first two years, I helped kind of straighten out their U.S. business. And uh, the second two years, I expanded them into seven foreign countries. So I, I, as a young guy, I got to travel. I got to have incredible experiences, learned so much, learned so much from the founder, Alexander, uh, a genius and a, and a wonderful man, uh, unfortunately, no longer with us. And uh, then the ownership changed. His partner died in an airplane crash. Mm -hmm. And uh, I ended up working for a probate judge, which is something I do not uh, recommend. Ooh. And uh, yeah. instead of working for a gifted visionary, totally committed to our graduates, I was working to somebody who was asking me almost on a weekly basis to send more money uh, to, the, to the estate yeah. uh, of the partner. So I quit. And I uh, founded a company called LifeSpring. Uh, oh. I, uh, LifeSpring went on to be available in 17 U.S. centers, uh, graduated over a half a million people. Uh, but I left. I sold my shares and uh, moved to Tokyo and uh, I built the, basically the largest training company in Asia. We were and in what, why Asia? What, what made you want to go to uh, 
Japan to, to start that. You were having so much success in the U.S. You had a network, you had graduates. I would have had to, first of all, I would have had to compete with the company that I founded with my friends that I yeah. sold it to. So that didn't work for me. And, uh, but the other, other thing is that in that two years of international travel and expansion of my dynamics, I only said no to one country, Japan. So the irony is pretty rich here. Um, it was uh, an expensive place to do business. The language was like backwards compared to European languages. And, uh, and we were busy. Uh, and they had always stayed in touch with me. And finally, they made me the classic offer that you cannot refuse. <laughs> you know, I had put all of the money that I had into Lifespring and I sold it for no money down and forever to pay. So I was broke, I had a family, I had a mortgage uh, and no job. And they called and they said, because they, they said, come, please come, please come. And there was always an excuse not to go. They said, we'll pay you. Uh, if you step, come and set up a program in three months, we'll pay you for one year. Mm, boy, three months of work for one year, year of, uh, you know, doing whatever you want. Yes, that, that's hard not to accept. So I, I went for three months and stayed the first time for 11 years. In <laughs> but with ARC International, we had 15 training centers, uh, 240 full-time people, including 70 full-time trainers and uh, uh, a lot of activity, 700,000 graduates and uh, just a lot of fun. Now so, tell me... Um, was it specifically personal growth or sales training? Um, what was the nature of the training for that? We had a sales training company, but that was the smallest part of our business. Uh, it was personal growth. People attended one of three uh, sequential training programs, and it was around awareness, responsibility, and communication, Great. and uh, sold 100% uh, on referrals. We did not advertise. We did not market. My word. Our graduates told people about it in their lives, and a lot of people came. So uh, it was an incredible experience. And then, uh, and you know, this is kind of a business oriented program, but here's the reality for my life. Uh, I fell in love uh, for the first time in my life, really, at 41 years old and uh, uh, with an American woman who was uh, working in Japan, working for our company, not for me, but working in our company. And uh, she wanted to return to the US. So uh, in 1986, I came back to the US uh, and uh, ended up in Aspen. And we had four great kids, two uh, birth children, two adopted special needs kids, I bought a jet, I built a big house, kind of like this one. It's actually next door to this house that I'm staying in right now. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, we're talking from Aspen, which with an amazing view right now, I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm in the San Francisco Bay area. So um, Another it's beautiful, place. beautiful. Thank you, <laughs> but it's gorgeous. I'm looking at mountains. Um, I heard a jet whiz by probably bringing in a celebrity. <laughs> in Aspen. Well, you know, the, the joke since I left Aspen uh, is that the millionaires have been crowded out by the billionaires. <laughs> I, when I had my jet, they actually, I could not keep it in Aspen. I had to keep it in Denver 
because there wasn't space at the airport. Oh my and, goodness. Uh, but now you can go out there, it's like a parking lot. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll keep thinking of wanting to manifest our thoughts and what <laughs> what we want in our lives. Jets, beautiful views. <laughs> All right, Robert. So you, my learning you, there uh, yeah. to kind of keep this somewhat on on track. Um, I mean, I had an incredible 13 years in Aspen, raising my kids. I skied 80 days a year. Uh, I uh, traveled to 42 countries. I uh, was on six nonprofit boards. I traveled with the late John Denver for six months, uh, presenting an environmental education program uh, in, a, in addition to his concerts. And I just had an incredible life. Mm. And um, then uh, everything fell apart. I wasn't paying attention to my business. I was going back to Asia only three times a year. And uh, uh, I just made a whole lot of mistakes. I don't regret anything on the personal side. I mean, it was perfect for me after, you know, I, I was the typical entrepreneur, all I did was work. And so that, that 13 years was magical for me and in many, many ways. And then, uh, um, so I lost the company and uh, the love of my life left me for a lawyer. Oh, something yeah. something I don't recommend, by the way. And that's something you can't fight in divorce court, right? Stay away from that. <laughs> and, uh, oh, no. That was a, a tremendous source of learning for me. Oh, um, yeah. What, what, and again, I'm hearing you love the 13 years of of doing what you love, which is starting companies and being successful with companies. But what was what was the big learning from that? Well, on the on the personal channel, uh, it was uh, and you know I have this book, Living an Extraordinary Life, and when I when I published it, uh, I was very nervous, uh, you know, and what will people think of it? Because it was a very public thing to publish a book, and I had been kind of hidden in the background for my entire career. And uh, when people liked it, I was very pleased, and when some people like Ken Blanchard and Jimmy Colano, all these people I really respected, when they liked it. I, you know, that felt really good. But what happened is people started saying, oh, I love your book. I'd go, oh, that feels so good. And then they would say, but I was disappointed. And I, of course, would say, what are you disappointed in? And they would say, well, it's not about you, your life. Yeah. And, yeah. But, and that's true. It's about our graduates and, and their interaction with our material, uh, which is why it became a bestseller, because it's, it's everybody's story. Uh, and people want to hear your personal, which is why we're doing a deep dive into this right now. I love wow. hearing how people go from very challenging times with a dream. And it sounds like you had multiple dreams into success. So, yes. And the learning for me on the personal level is that there is one chapter of the book that's about me. It doesn't say that. But it is, you know, I'll confess here, I guess, is, and it's called You Are Not Enough, it, which is the world's most limiting belief. Mm -hmm. And what I learned is that, uh, or I learned several things about me and relationships. Uh, the first is that I cannot fill the hole in me, if there is a hole in me, mm -hmm. through another person. Nobody else can fill a hole in me. So I learned that. And secondly, I learned that when you come from I am not enough, you do a lot of compensating behaviors that really don't work. 
Oh, interesting. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. So going back to that, that empty space that you were trying to get outside affirmation of who you were and being a great person and, and living for that and probably compensating. Um, how did you fill that up? How did you start to build that inner core? I went back to work on me would be one way to answer that. Uh, a, a guy that worked for me in Pine Dynamics became a, my coach in the matter. And uh, the first thing he did was he just listened for a long time. It was driving me crazy. And then one day he said, uh, I have a question for you, Robert. And I was so excited. It was the first thing he really said to me in like three weeks. So I said, well, what's the question? He said, have you considered that it would be useful to take 100% responsibility for the divorce. Ooh. Now, you know, I've been running, they, my wife ran, ran away with the lawyer. She's damaging our kids. You know, I, I had all the victim stories. Right. And, I could, sure. and I could tell them persuasively. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> you were passionate on this subject, right? <laughs> but, you know, I was hurt and I was yeah. angry and sure. I was sad. And, and, uh, but he phrased the question perfectly because he used the word useful. Ah. And I'm a very practical person in many ways. So when he said, wouldn't it be useful to take 100% responsibility? And remember, I'm the guy that wrote the book about responsibility. So that started it. And then, uh, and at the same time, my friend John Denver was going through a divorce. Our wives were and still are best friends. And uh, so we spent a lot of time together telling our victim stories, and then trying to have a bigger picture of it, of what it's really about. Right. And down valley from here is a little town called Glenwood Springs, named that because it has a hot springs and it has a vapor cave. So you go down and you spend the day there. So John and I often would go spend the day there. So you sit and cook inside this... <laughs> These warm, um, hot waters, right? And a lot of steam coming up through the... Right. You know. You're letting go of a lot of stuff <laughs> when you're I in that water, that. right? You yeah, can't then help you, it. Then you go shower and rest or read or talk. And then uh, you go back and cook for a while. And then you go have the macrobiotic lunch. You know, Ooh, yeah. And, uh, uh, and then you cook some more and then you get a massage. That's, that's the day. And in that, uh, John and I um, decided, and I don't know which one of us came up with this, that all of this stuff, and, and by the way, you know, we had ended up on the front page of our local newspaper here, accused of sexually molesting our daughters. <sighs> you know, for a man, there's kind of nothing that's worse than that. Nothing worse than that has happened in my life, actually. Yeah. And uh, so it was really bad stuff going on. We decided that God would not have presented this to us unless there was something to learn from it. And, you know, that sounds so simple. It's just words. But it was profound for both of us. And we promised each other, uh, number one, that we would learn something from this. Number two, that we would always tell each other the truth. And number three, that life was supposed to be about having fun. And we were going to go find that. Um, because his life had become all obligations and travel and running around doing different things. Mine was similar. Yeah. So uh, we made those three promises and we kept them. Mm. And, uh, uh, so that's when the change. And I, I did everything 
Jody. I mean, I, I did acupuncture, I did therapy, I did emotional release work, I did travel, <laughs> I, did, I, I did everything. Oh, uh, I went back and uh, and there's our Jets again. Yeah, our Aspen, <laughs> yeah, our Denver Jets, our Aspen Jets. Yeah. Uh, but I just, uh, I reinvented myself in a lot of ways. I dealt with that you are not enough stuff. Uh, I did some really deep healing work and uh, started to look at, I started waking up each morning thinking, uh, I've accomplished a lot, but God has something in mind for me that I haven't done. Mm. It's kind of how I would explain it. it. It came in different forms, but that would be one way to explain it. And it was always hopeful. And, and I didn't want to hear it in a way, you know, like I was pretty Right, proud. you wanted just to have fun and not do anything <laughs> else, right? <laughs> well, I, I included fun in it. And, oh, uh, good. So I went back to work. And so that's when Extraordinary People got founded, my, my most recent company. Uh, that's when I started mentoring other business leaders. Uh, I, I started having more fun. Oh, great. So why I'm here this week. That's why you're you're here. You're definitely I love the life work balance, which is which is one of the things that I work with uh, with executives or leaders. It's it's really important to have that life work balance, even though you know, to just to be fresh and creative and uh, you know, have have your people support you. Yes. Let them support you. So Robert, what um, maybe what are what are maybe the top three things that you have seen with executives and how you coach them? What you'd say to them if uh, we can pull that out of a hat? Well, I'm definitely not a rent a friend, and I am even though I do become <laughs> close to my clients, and I'm definitely not a guy that gives advice. Uh, you know, my background is doing these high impact experiential learning events where we get people to tell the truth about themselves and their lives. So Boy, how, how do you do that when you haven't earned the trust? We uh, we earn it really fast. And we also use a lot of theater. We use a lot of music. We use a lot of lighting. We use a lot of trickery to get people <laughs> out of their mind and into their heart. And uh, so when I work with an executive, uh, I do do a two-day intensive with them one-on-one, -on -one, which is somewhat of a, a condensed version of our four-day training. And uh, But what we're working on is three things. Uh, first is to some degree to complete their past. You know, we have these things that happen in the past that we carry negative energy on. And uh, it's, it's like carrying a backpack with 50 kilograms of rocks in the backpack. And these people that I'm working with are so smart, they're so focused, they're so hardworking that they just push that aside, Yeah. but it's still there. They compartmentalize so they can yes. build and, and lead and be who they are, yeah. And uh, one, of, you know, one of the things that's in the subtitle of my book is they can become hugely successful. I'm really talking about myself now, but this is true for many of my clients. Hugely successful, make a ton of money, they travel, they've got a big reputation, they're, they're acclaimed as leaders. 
but joy and satisfaction are missing from their life. So to handle that, what you need to do is let go of any blame, shame, regret, guilt, or past success. You know, that living in, you know, the high school quarterback thing, you know, where people are still trying to live out the glory of high school. Well, business people do that, except it's around business success. Yeah, I did this in 2005. And it was really big. And that's how I accomplished all of this, right? Things like that. So completing, getting the negative energy off of those things, getting free of them. And then the second part of it is to learn to better tell the truth about current reality. We tend to live in our stories. And they are great. They make life easier and calmer and stress-free and they uh, are limit limiting in many ways uh, our story about where we went to school about how we grew up about how we're smart or not smart how we're an introvert or an extrovert all of our stories uh, often add up to a barrier to getting the current reality the buddhists call it developing a selfless regard for reality oh, i like that you know letting your image go so you can really see the truth of your relationships, the truth of your impact on other people, the truth on your peace of mind, the truth of why you're not sleeping well, uh, the truth of why you, you're not eating well, you know, all of these things. We have a story about all of that. And quite often, it's just not true. So I work with them on that. If you do those two things, do some work on completing your past, you're going to release a lot of positive energy. If you're telling the truth about current reality, you're just in a more solid foundational place to live your life and do your work to really lead effectively. And it creates the space for number three, which is to develop a compelling vision, freely mm -hmm. chosen, that I want to do this not because my mom or dad said it was a good thing. I want to do this not because I went to a certain university. I want to do this not because it's popular in the neighborhood. I want to do this because my heart is speaking to me or God is bringing this up for me. It's what I really want to do. Uh, mm. So that's what I do. I work with them on those three things and uh, a little bit of um, uh, more heart centered, emotionally centered work. Wow. That, that is, that's beautiful. That is really beautiful. So your, um, your process is really about resetting this individual yes. so they can, you know, again, let go of the things that are holding them back and, and then, um, you know, clearing out past stories and getting to the truth so they can have a vision. And I can imagine is once they are all clear and they're they're they know what their vision is is that gets communicated uh, very strongly to whomever they are with there's there's no energetic stuff in the way and they can therefore be very inspiring look i have clients who have doubled and tripled their business i have clients who quit their company and mm. one of them became a, a unpaid executive for Sai Baba's, you know, religious movement. Uh, I have all kinds of, they all, they've done all kinds of different things, but it's success that they identified. 
it's what they really wanted. And that's where, that's the juice for me. That's what I, I love doing and working with people. Great, great. Boy, that's, uh, that's, I'm very moved by that whole process. And I'm very moved by the fact that it seems that you have, you keep doing this with yourself. You yeah, keep man. yourself honest by asking, you know, am I, is this the current truth? Is there anything that I need to let go of or face or deal with, or, or I'm telling the same story over and over again? Why, why, what am I getting out of that? How is that serving me? Um, yeah, so that's impressive. It's easy to say, and, and I'm, you know, you can back it up with lots of evidence that everybody needs, everybody who wants to accomplish something great needs a mentor, needs a coach. Uh, and I have a zillion stories about that. And we see it most clearly in sporting and entertainment. You know, all of those people have usually more than one coach. And people often come to me and say, well, I'm thinking about hiring a coach and what should I look for? And I, I, I thought about it and I thought, first of all, has the coach been there and done that? Has the coach actually done what you want to do? Or is it a psychologist who's never run a business, but you know wasn't that good at being a psychologist, frankly, so they become a coach? Or was it a business person who hasn't studied the human condition, but was pretty good in business, but doesn't know how to access a person at a heart level? Uh, if, if that's not there, and then of course, is there that connection, that magical human connection? Or are you trying to rent a friend? So you can just, <laughs> tell, you, you can just tell your story and they're gonna tell you you're a nice guy and keep right. doing what you're doing and it'll eventually work out. So, right. uh, I, you know, do we have time for a quick story? I would love a quick story. Maybe a good way to complete our time together today. Uh, I spent this last six years in China. And uh, so if you drive around uh, China's big cities, you see these huge billboards with this quite attractive young woman selling usually cosmetics or hair care or something feminine. And but every once in a while, like car, she sells a big line of cars in China. So of course I get curious, who's that? And uh, it turns out that Shi uh, Lin, was uh, a professional tennis player, and she was about number 100 in the world. Now, if you're a number 100, that's a really good, really good tennis player, okay. right? Okay, yeah. But you are traveling coach, you are sleeping two to a room, you are carrying your own rackets, because it's tough, and you're losing a lot, or you wouldn't be number 100, right? So she quit. And, uh, uh, and for two years, she went back to her parents' home in Shanghai and uh, hid out. And then there was a tournament in Shanghai, and five of her former competitors went to her house. Uh, she was a product, Shilin was a product of the Chinese sports system, which is like the Chinese army. Mm. And uh, it, it's just savage. I mean, maybe you've heard something like that. Uh, I mean, it's abusive and cruel, mm. actually. And that's the system she came out of. And she got good enough to be number 100, but she couldn't take it anymore. She quits. These five women came to her and said, you have promise. You have everything it takes. 
you need good coaching. And her parents mortgaged their house so that she could start again. You know, and I, I get emotional mm. <laughs> thinking about this. Yeah. Mm. She's the only Chinese citizen to win a major. To win a major tournament. You know, wow. the, the big ones, Wimbledon, wow. the Open in New York. You know. yeah. And um, and she blew up her knee and had to quit. And but she quit into this hugely lucrative endorsement thing because she became famous. And what was the difference? She hired five coaches. She, hired, yeah. she hired one for strength, one for flexibility, mm. one for technique, uh, one for nutrition, and one for her head, a psychologist. <laughs> five coaches. Mm -hmm. And that's the other question that I always ask people when they, or tell people when they say, how do I find a coach? I say, ask the coach who his coach is or her coach is. Because you can't sell what you don't do. Exactly. So if you're not engaged in a lifelong growth process with expert help, how could you ever do that for someone else? This is my point of view. And uh, God knows I need a lot of help. <laughs> <laughs> well, the benefit of of having coaches um, is is that you you one can get out of the box you know two you you have to be accountable three this other person you know after listening and and knowing you for a while can say i'm hearing i'm hearing these negative voices i'm hearing these limiting thoughts um and um you know let's let's look at this and it's very hard be, uh, to figure that out on your own because we're very patterned beings and we love living on autopilot yes. and just doing the same thing day after day and coming home at five o'clock and having our martini or our sports drink or smoothie, whatever it is, and turning off the world. And um, well coaches are and and there's there's part of that but there's i'm not sure whether that's a fulfilling life for joy most and, people joy and satisfaction are you usually missing when yep. your life is being on the hamster wheel exactly exactly and i love the fact that your step number three is you know let go of of the expectation of uh working hard and trying to be successful for, you know, mom, dad, uh, your third grade teacher, your wife, um, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> and we all do that. I mean, there are those voices that we should or shouldn't do things, but um, it really clears the slate so yeah. that you have an opportunity to do what you love, to live a life that you love, to, to do work that is extremely helpful to other people and that gives you satisfaction yes oh well robert i love that story i love your own personal story thank you for being very candid with us and telling that and um i'm uh, sure there's going to be a lot of people who are getting a lot out of what we're talking about today. So I want to thank you so much for taking the time and coming on um, your spectacular life. Well, I love what you're doing, Jody. And 
look, uh, you know, I have, I have a website like everybody. It's yeah. and it's easy to remember because it's the robertwhite.com. Huh. <laughs> the and, uh, Robert, okay. The robertwhite.com. And uh, there's an offer there of uh, a little weekly easing that I do called an extraordinary minute. Uh, something that's designed to be read in one or, one minute or less per week, and it keeps me in touch with people. Uh, I I respond probably like you to most emails, and uh, so people can hit reply anytime, and uh, I'll be there within a day or two. That's uh, wonderful. And I would love uh, if people have specific questions or whatever. Holler. Uh, I mean, I am taking this week off, but uh, I'm back at it. Uh, right after Labor Day. That, that's very gracious of, of you to offer that. And um, how can people find you? I know uh, your extraordinary people website, maybe a, a place, um, but if you want them to um, get in contact, is it therobertwhite.com? Yes, that works, or, or extraordinarypeople.com, my company. Great. Both, both work. Great. Uh, all and right. Probably like you, I offer a 30 minute free consultation to business people that are up against something. And most of them are up against something. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they tend to get themselves in hot water, don't they? <laughs> well, it's the nature of ambitious yeah. people that are focused, that want to create something. And, and one of the things I love is I love working with people that it's like looking at a mirror. And looking at me during those years of building companies, and uh, uh, and I understand them. <laughs> I've been there, uh, and uh, hopefully, I can be helpful. And I, I, you already have been helpful by doing this podcast. My listeners, I are getting many, many um, things from what you said. I mean, and first of all, just taking the first step of wanting to be aware and look at the truth of yourself. It's a wonderful first step. All right, Robert, I thank you again for being on this podcast, taking the time, sharing your backyard with me, which is gorgeous. Um, <laughs> and uh, you take care. It's been a pleasure talking to you. All the best. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. I'm so grateful that you've listened to the end of this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review it, and share it with your friends. I love teaching insights so that you can have a more impactful and meaningful life. It's my mission to build a thriving community of happy, fulfilled people. Want more? Visit my website at yourspectacularlife.com dot com